Welcome to Maximizing Life in the Middle, a podcast featuring two people consciously living and loving as husband and wife, parents, and individuals working to make the most out of their lives. I'm Jay Taylor. And I am Aaron Taylor, and we are so happy that you are spending some time with us today. Episode 34, where we are on location. Would you call it on location? Mm, I guess you could, but we only walked 17 steps to get here. Right, so we're out by poolside, soaking in a really nice day. Sunny, clear skies, and as you'll probably hear throughout the It sounds like a weather report. Clear and sunny. With a little breeze. A little bit of a breeze. Out of the northwest at 10 to 12 miles an hour. They can't see you. I know. I'm trying to hold up my finger to see whether the breeze is really out of the northwest. Might be out of the north, sort of. Maybe even the northwest. Good job. Mm-hmm. So, what's today's episode about? Well, let's let the wind blow first. Since... It's like gale force winds all of a sudden. Ah, isn't it lovely listening to the breeze through the trees? And I just made a rhyme. Just in time, too. (laughs) One of the things that brings my children and I no end of... Delight uh, and joy and happiness? Yeah, all, all those is my wife's... Uh, insistence upon utilizing puns or rhymes or rhymes whenever she gets a chance and then cackling and chortling (laughs) about how funny and brilliant she is as we sit there and go that's not funny it's It's, hilarious it's just not funny but she persists in doing it and I will admit that you're very quick with them. I'm so fast, man. My brain works a thousand miles a second. When it comes to bad puns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It comes naturally. I can't help it. But they don't ever have that double meaning that the, a good, good pun That's is That's what you keep have. harping on. You yes. just don't appreciate a good pun. True. My puns always have double meanings. You just don't see them. Mm. Anyway, so what was this episode about? This episode was supposed to be about how we get ourselves out of a bad mood or a bad day. Bad, the really bad, stinking, rotten, terrible, no good day. Yeah, that kind. So, go back in the Wayback Machine. We're rewinding. Uh Uh-huh. Actually, we'll go back in the Wayback Machine. Oh, nice, nice. To last week, actually a week ago today. And it was kind of a a busy day, sort of a stressful day for me at work. And um, kind of maybe centering on maybe a stressful couple of days or what have you. 
and I was busy doing some work and was suddenly interrupted by an innocent bystander an innocent bystander who asked me to do something as I was in the middle of doing what I needed innocently to do innocently asked you to do something innocently asked me to do something and I tried to politely sort of direct that person that you know maybe that was something better that you could help them with or that they could have you handle and was rebuffed in my efforts to sort of push them off onto you yes and asked again and I kind of went I wouldn't say I went ballistic I did it in a very mannered way but it definitely set me off and put me in a a funk. A funk? Is a that funk. what you call it? A funk, yes. That's a rounded off, so- that's like putting a softened filter on a on a uh, camera. Is that how you would see it? It put you in a foul, poisonous mood. That's how I saw foul it. Foul and poisonous was my mood that day, she said. You were like a rattlesnake or a scorpion. Uh, or a well, porcupine. Let's, let's not overdo it. Hmm. Anyway, so I, recognizing that I was in a bad mood, left the house for a little while, went and did an errand or two, came back, still hadn't sort of resolved my thoughts and feelings about what had happened. So I came outside and tried to place myself in nature Mm. by the pool. I did some vacuuming because I knew we had some parties coming up just the other day. And just sort of general straightening up around the backyard in an attempt to kind of mollify myself. But it didn't really have the desired effect. A few minutes later, you came outside and... Well, that wasn't a few minutes later. That was like two hours later. All right, so two hours later, you came outside and said, feeling any better? And I said, no. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Not a stitch. And we talked through it a little bit, but honestly, it was just too, too centered in my mind right at that moment. The whole thing that had gone down and sort of the pressures that had led to that spot. Um, so that was Thursday last week. Friday dawned, not all that much better, but, you know, sort of a day that we kind of got through. But then the next day, I had a beach volleyball tournament that I had hemmed and hawed about playing in because of my ankle. I'd sprained my ankle. And we ultimately decided that I would go and play in it because our son was going down to play in it. Our listeners know you sprained your ankle because we talked about working through an injury. What episode was that? episodes ago. Well, let me just refer to my handy-dandy list here, and I'll tell you. <laughs> Oh, it was the episode right before this, episode 32. I mean, right before the last one, episode 32. So episode 32, we talked about overcoming an injury and how you have to deal with those kind of things from time to time. Um, but anyway, so my it, my ankle has been better, but I was sort of unsure whether I wanted to try and play in a tournament with it. But I ultimately, we decided, all right, I would go and play. And our niece was driving down, so I drove down with her, with our son. And then you brought everybody along later. And I think my general 
acclamation, we can say that everybody had a great time. Yes. One of our our youngest son brought one of his friends down, so he was fully occupied. Our daughter, who was not in a great mood that day, but at least had enough fun kind of puttering around the shore and doing whatever. And then, of course, our oldest son and I playing volleyball and, you know, you just soaking up the positive... Negative. negative negative ions yes of the ocean and the waves and all that stuff and we just had a great day at the beach a day at the beach <laughs> and magically through that process over the next day or so my mood was light and airy and full of happiness and so it got us to thinking about what what were the components that made it occur why why did that turn the mood around when maybe the other things that might be normal coping methods or uh, coping methods isn't quite the right word, but strategies mm, had not worked word. out. So, what did we come to? I don't know. Did you ever figure out why those other things didn't help you? Or why it took so long to come out of that bad mood? Is it, is it uh, like a ratio of intensity of bad mood to number of hours before you get out of it? Or not? I don't know. I mean, we talked about it separately, as you may recall. And I said, I don't know whether in that occasion it was a proximity thing, too. Like, oh, right. We said time or space. Time or space. Right? Was it time that I needed or was it the space that I needed to just, you know, because I came outside and tried to spend a little bit of time cooling down. But because I was still right here where I had gotten annoyed, it was too easy to keep my mind. Keep, uh, what's the word? Perseverating on it. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I've never heard that word before. You've never heard that word before? Say it again. Perseverating? I I know a word that you don't. Are you kidding? I've never... Woohoo! I've never heard that word. That's when you... Are, uh, now, ruminating. No, perseverating. I've heard the word when ruminating. You, when you're stuck like a broken record on something and you can't let it go. Like a dog with a bone. That's perseverating. Well, then in that case, I was definitely perseverating. I'm going to be looking that up later on, by the way. Go for it. I, that doesn't even sound like a real word. Go ahead. Look it up. That sounds like a Dr. Shafali word. It's actually a clinical word, but... Clinical? Yeah. Clinical. It's in DSM-4? Yeah. (laughs) Perseverating. Anyway, so whether it was additional time or maybe the space or maybe just the ability to sort of free your mind up into the activity that we were do- that I was doing something conspired to make it so that I was able to put that bad mood behind us behind me and the weird thing is once you put it behind you you were as light as air almost the way the air is when a really bad thunderstorm blows through and the storm is bad but then as soon as the clouds are gone and the rain stops then everything's calm and there's no humidity and the sun is shining brightly that's how you were right you weren't just in a regular kind of a mood you were like bouncy like a bubble 
So what's the magic formula there? <laughs> Maybe we should have figured that out before we turned on the record button. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think our listeners expect us to know all the answers. Part no. of it is talking through the process. And certainly we don't know all the answers. But some aspect of it was clarifying something. Maybe it was just the the location. Certainly it's, you know, it's a favorite beach of mine, I know. And, you know, playing in a tournament, having it go reasonably well, that was probably a plus. Having everybody come down and be around but not in a... There have been other times where you've come down to tournaments where it's felt like... I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it, it's felt like it's a lot of stress on you to be there. Well, it surely was when they were younger. Yeah, and I mean, it's I think when now. they were younger and there was a lot more stuff that had to be carried maybe or... They were just, just washing them so they didn't drown in the ocean. Yeah, that too. Yeah, something, all those kind of things that conspire to make it more difficult in the past. Whereas this felt relatively easy and, you know, kind of, I wasn't picking up on a lot of stress coming from you about it. And, you know, it was just kind of a free and easy day. And by the time it was all said and done, Again, I woke up the next morning feeling very freed of some of those burdens. So, I don't know. So, I'm going to, I didn't ask you ahead of time if we could go to this place, but I'm going to go there anyway, and I'll go there gently. One of the things that I think you had to do was come to terms with or come to make peace with the way other people may perceive your choices. And in this case, I'm talking about career choices. Two years ago, we made the big decision for you to leave your place of employment after 20-some-odd years and branch out on your own. So you didn't really change what you're doing. You just changed the, uh, I guess, internal structure of it. For your clients, it didn't look too much different except for maybe a different statement, different looking statement. But uh, essentially what you do is pretty much the same. But the big difference now is instead of having an office that you drive to, you work from home. So we converted one of our, our front living room to a like a real official office and that's where you work but because you don't have to go to an office every day and because you don't necessarily see your clients face to face every day you don't wear a suit every day like you used to so you're able to kind of wear your board shorts and a t-shirt and be comfortable maybe you have flip-flops on or what have you and I think this gives a very warped uh, impression to certain people who stop by, who may stop by during the day, and they may jump to conclusions about what you do with your time because I think partially because you're at home, partially because you're in a suit. I mean, not in a suit. And this bothers you from time to time that other people draw erroneous conclusions about 
there's a plane driving, flying overhead. I'll pause for a second while we appreciate the plane. Okay, so. Because I'm not going to the airfield and putting my pilot's gear on and getting into a plane and flying it somewhere. It seems like I'm sometimes not doing anything. Right. To, to the uninformed observer, you may appear that you're, I don't know, quote-unquote, goofing off. But we know that that's not really true. And so... Well, it... Listen. Sometimes it is true. You tell me... You show me the person who goes to work in an office job, working at their 9-to-5 job, who sits down at their desk at 9 o'clock in, in the morning... And until 5 o'clock at night is just hammering away at their job, never checking the internet to see if they can, you know, get reservations for dinner somewhere or whether or not the store that they want to go to is open the hours that it's open or somebody brings up a topic of a new movie that they saw or TV show and whether or not it's available for them to be able to go see it. So... I think that, as with anyone else, and maybe even to a degree more so, another plane. Yes, another plane. We we have to do a little side note here. We live near two small airfields. So on beautiful days, the people who own their own personal planes take them out and enjoy this gorgeous weather. So that was a personal plane that just went overhead very low. In addition to the two airfields, we also live near a military base. Yeah. And so we get the occasional giant... And the airport, the regular airport. Yeah, the giant <laughs> military planes that fly over. So anyway, um, but, you know, as with anyone else, and maybe even more so, because part of making the change that we made was that I wanted the freedom to be able to make my own hours, do my own thing. Um, maybe I am goofing off. But, and this was an important thing that I needed to verbalize, at least to you, while I might be goofing off in a moment or in a period of time or whatever, the type of work that I do never leaves the back of your mind. Right. It's omnipresent. It's not like, you know, somebody else might go to a job and might work there nine to well, five. Well, we know certain people who punch in, punch out, yeah, they you leave punch it all in, there. You punch out, you do what's expected of you for the hours that you're there, and then you're done, and you show up the next time, and they hand you the stuff to do, and you do it. There is some serious air traffic today. Well, it's There's a beautiful day. One. Beautiful day to fly. Um, my job is not like that. There's no punch clock. There's, you know, we've, we've said at least enough before on the, on the air to say that I'm a financial advisor. Beyond that, we kind of leave it vague. But, you know, there's a morning bell and an afternoon bell, but that means nothing, right? The, the, the uh, ideas, the concerns, the pressures, the thoughts, they're always, they're always in the back of my mind in one way, shape, or form or another. Whether it be thinking about what the appropriate thing to do with an investment choice is whether it be thinking about a particular situation with a certain client, you know, just they're, they're always on the present in the back of my mind. And I'm sure there's many other people who have the same kind of jobs, so I'm not 
implying that it's unique to this job, but in this job, it's you're paid... It's aspect of that kind yeah, of job. Right, you're paid to think, and so what you do is you think. And sometimes <laughs> it looks like... Gosh, I wish I could be paid to think. Yeah. I love thinking. Right. I think all day. Yeah, you're paid to think about investments, and so, oh, ergo... I'm out. Yeah, right. Darn it. And so, ergo, you spend a lot of time thinking. But it might look like doing nothing. Right, while you're thinking or pondering this right. or that or what yeah. the future of the market looks like. Or... Right. And so it definitely was critical, and we talked about this the other day. It's sort of, it's sort of twofold. The first part is it's critical to communicate to the people who are around and who matter about what this job looks like and how our lives are structured. Well, that's your that's how you feel. Well, and that was sort of the first level. And you said it too though. You said that too that it was important to communicate. Well, I was only agreeing with you. I don't really think it matters at the end of the day. Because like I said to you that day, it I personally don't think it matters what anybody thinks about anything. Well, then that was But that's my own little rebellious attitude. And then that was the step two aspect of it, which was basically that. But who cares? Who cares what anybody thinks? Who cares? Especially if you're going to pursue, as you said, a... A non-traditional... A non-traditional... New agey... New agey lifestyle. Yes. Where you're a financial advisor and a comic book artist and a volleyball coach and a... You know, all these various things sort of wrapped into one and overlapping each other and, you know, playing in the spaces back and forth with each other. You have to be aware that some people are going to look at that and go, you do what now? Wait, you don't have a morning commute? Yeah, we were... You don't have a boss? We were in a social setting recently, which I won't get into, but uh, we were... That you were kind of detailing how many days, a, nights a week you coach the vo- the kids in the volleyball team, and then the comic book, and and someone said, "What is your day job? Do you remember that?" Uh huh. And you proceeded to answer them, but that is, I could feel when that person asked that question, I could feel. You know, whether I'm right or wrong, that's what I felt coming. Judgment. Like, it seems like you're just having fun all day. What do you actually do for a living? And... And our person was at our house. But the point that I'm trying to make, though, it doesn't matter where it was. The point that I'm trying to make is that... You... You get that all the time from different people. Sure. Who find out how you spend your time and they question you and they doubt it and they don't understand it and they're trying to make sense of it. So it may come with just pure curiosity. And they're judging it. Well, no, it may come with just pure curiosity. Like, how's this all fit together? Or it could be like, and what is it that you do again? What is it that you actually do? And really, the way we look at it is you do a bunch of different things. Nothing necessarily... 
in my opinion, is higher or lower than the other. It's just these chunks of time you spend doing this, these chunks of time you spend doing that, you find a way to make it all fit in, and then it all works somehow. And, but, that's not the first time that somebody was confused about the way you choose to live your life, and it won't be the last. And if you get triggered by that, then it serves no one, and it doesn't matter at the end of the day anyway. That was, that's what I kept coming back to. Like you said, if you're going to choose a non-traditional lifestyle and work setup, you cannot possibly care what another person thinks, no matter who they are or how close they are to you. It just doesn't serve you to do that. Well, I, and, and so I think it comes, also though, it comes back to, it matters what you think, because we made this plan. But I think of us as a unit, because we made a choice together. together. So but I'm there are not other outside people, of the unit. But there are other people who are very close and who are interacting with us on an almost daily basis. And those people, I think... Well, it certainly helps for things to run It can't hurt for there to be some communication with those people that says, Hey, look, it may seem like I'm goofing off. I might actually be goofing off. But I'm not a goof off. That's not... That's not the defining characteristic. It's not that I'm sitting here just available and as soon as somebody needs something, oh yeah, sure, I'll just go do that thing. So that's maybe the important element to be said as regards that part of things. So yeah, I, I don't think maybe your rebellious spirit says, who cares what they think? You don't need to say anything to anybody. But it certainly will help things to run smoother if you do. When those people do have an important role. So, I think that probably about covers it. It ranged a little further afield maybe than the idea of just removing yourself from a different... Maybe it ranged into the idea of, hey, should you be in the bad mood in the first place? Yeah. If this is the situation that you've chosen. But... Um, hopefully everybody out there got something out of it maybe you'll share with us ways that you utilize to get yourself out of a funk because that's what I was in a funk or a poisonous mood (laughs) I was not in a poisonous mood Uh, and I hope that our listeners could hear us among over the gale force winds that picked up as soon as we sat down I think the gale force winds were present the entire time, but yeah, it certainly might have gotten loud. We'll check the audio, make sure it's suitable for everybody to be able to hear us decently, or maybe our uh, crack production staff can do something to (laughs) minimize the white noise. The white noise and the background effects. So um, we'll send it. We'll send it to. Industrial light and magic. No, wait. Production or what? Editing? What is the, the department? Post-production. 
post-production department? Yeah. We'll send it to post-production. Is that is uh, that honey, the same? Are you free? <laughs> is that the you same? You got to post-produce. <laughs> is that in the same spot as tech support? Yeah. Tech support has two locations. That's true. To serve you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So with that, we'll sign off. Thanks a lot for listening. And if you like the show, please share it on social media so that more people can uh, hear our mad ravings. Thanks a lot. Bye.